I'm matchmaker Maria, the founder of Agape Match. For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, I answer your dating and relationship questions and interview experts to give you the tools to find or keep the love of your life. This is Ask a Matchmaker. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria, and this week's guest is Kara Owell. Okay, she's a New York City-based creative entrepreneur. She encourages women to find their light, be the best version of themselves. She created the Champagne Diet blog. Big fan, Kara. <laughs> and also, she uh, she has the podcast Style Your Mind, and she wrote the Worldwide Sensation Girl Code book. Kara, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you here. So um, before we got started, mm-hmm. we started talking about Spanx. And mm-hmm. I feel like we need to have this conversation mm-hmm. recorded because relatable. Yep. Um, you have a Spanx story. I do. It's a good one. Let me hear it. Because I got a few too. Okay. So I had just met this guy and we had gone on a couple of dates. And every time that we were together, he stayed at my apartment. Uh So we went on this date one night and it was like a little bit chilly out, spring. And I had this slip dress on. And I was like, okay, I can go two ways with this slip dress. One, like nothing under it. Or two, the Spanx under it. And I was like, well, Felt a little bit like bloated that day. I was like, I need a Spanx. It's chilly out. Let me just go for it. Thinking he's going to come back to my house afterward. I can get this Spanx off in the bathroom, you know, come out all sexy, like before we go to bed. Can I ask you a question about that? When you do that, would you like quickly loofah down there to get rid of like the Spanx sweat? Or are you coming out after? Have you never thought about this? No. I mean, I'm probably too drunk to think about this when I'm having sex. No, I'm just kidding. This is how Uh, I discovered it. That's I was drunk and I came home with a guy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's like spank sweat. Let me take it off. And then I like water. I mean, I always, I do bird bath. Like we always bird bath right before sex. You know what that is? No. You do like a little quick rinse. Okay. Like down there. So okay. like I would have bird bathed anyway before sure. I like you that's know, what I meant. That's what I meant. I was like yeah 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 loofah water let's totally go. Yeah, totally yeah. okay okay so, so we have the same routine okay so. so this was like new in like the relationship whatever call it um, yeah. dating situation he hasn't seen you that you're well he didn't know I wore spanks like I wasn't gonna advertise it we were been on like two like, weeks he knows bras. now he knows he yeah. read the blog he was dying laughing. But I was trying to be sexy at this point, still and mysterious, right? Like my grandmother would always be like, never let a man see you get dressed. Let him see you get undressed. Don't let him see you get dressed. God, and it's gonna... grandmothers give terrible advice. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> well, this is going to lead into the next thing. So he, he was like, do you want to stay at my place tonight? And I was like, uh, I was like, can we just go to my place? He's like, come on. You've never stayed here before. So I'm like, sure. So I get the clothes off and I roll up my dress in the Spanx and I put it in the corner near my purse because he was in the bathroom. So I like undressed I had no pajamas, so I slipped under the bed, right, under the covers. I was naked. Fine. Everything's great. We have sex. Wake up in the morning, and there's, like, streaming sunlight coming in his bedroom. It's, like, bright as can be. He's sleeping next to me, but he's, like, half awake. And I'm, like, I have to wake up now and put this whole thing back on so I can walk home and have, like, my walk of shame, right? (laughs) So I'm, like, how the fuck – can I curse? Yes. How the fuck am I – going to sausage myself back into a pair of Spanx at 8 o'clock in the morning that, let's just be real, they were nude Spanx and it was like the bodysuit with the oh, biker shorts. that's like the worst. Looks like a post-op uh, compression yeah, yeah, garment. Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah, like yeah. I just had surgery. So I'm like thinking to myself, like, how am I going to do this without him noticing? <laughs> so then I remember he wears 
contacts. And when he doesn't have them in, he can't see anything. So I'm like, okay, maybe I can do this while he's kind of like half awake and he can't really see and he's like sort of half blind. But then I'm like, no, he can just grab his glasses off the nightstand. So I decide to roll up the space when he's in the bathroom and shove them in my purse and just put the dress on, right? So as I'm doing this, he comes walking into the room with his glasses on and I have a pair of Spanx, which it's on a thong. It's a huge thing. And it's rolled up. And he's talking to me like a normal human being in the morning. He's like, morning, how'd you sleep? But I have this huge Spanx in my fucking hand. Then I go into the kitchen and I try to shove them into like my little sparkly cute Prada purse. That was a great idea the night before. They don't fit. So now the Spanx is exploding out of my Prada. He's trying to talk to me. I'm mortified. Is this before or after Uber? Well, I live down the block from him. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so couldn't really Uber. Um, you threw it out, didn't you? Yeah, I walked in my apartment and I fucking threw the Spanx in the garbage. Those are 50 bucks. I had to. I mean, it was it was horrific. I swore that I'd never wear them again. And then I did, of course. So you got to get the Spanx that I get, which have been discontinued. So when they got discontinued, I... You stocked up. I, I mm-hmm. They discontinued the week before my wedding. And instead of messaging people like, oh, are you coming? Like getting yeah. the last minute hours of peace. Instead, I was text messaging, text messaging anyone I knew in different countries like, can you order this for me? I need four. I, I would three. say everything I love gets discontinued, dies, or is emotionally unavailable. The Spanx that I have, I know why they got discontinued. Because when you pull on them too hard, they rip. Because mm-hmm. they're the thin ones. Those are the ones that do fit in the little. Yeah, not these. No. So, anyway. I got a Spanx story for you. Tell me. Um, I've got two. Um I was at my bachelorette party in Athens, and I don't know how I swung it, but I got myself on the stage with the most popular singer in Greece, Sakis Uvas. I love you. And <laughs> uh, this is a big deal. Google him. Okay. Anyway, and uh, I managed to get myself on the stage. Like, I kept, like, looking at him and, like, uh, and I was someone I was like, <laughs> and he's like, he does the internet Greek sign of yes, which is, <laughs> and I just, like, swung myself up on the stage, got up there. And then just as I'm about to kiss him on the cheek, the air vents from oh, the no. bottom just oh. go. You had a Maryland moment? Yeah. And uh, I'm my dress went up. Oh, my God. There's like 2,000 people here. Everyone got to see the Spanx. At least you had the Spanx on, though. It could have been bare ass. Yes. It could have been bare ass. That was fun, though. <laughs> and uh, my second Spanx story, which I'll probably post a photo about this on my Instagram when this uh, episode posts. And I want, if you have a photo, I want to see that photo too from your story. Is this past summer, I was listening to a podcast that I enjoy that actually mentioned me. They were talking about like Matchmaker Maria's Green Theory, whatever. And in that podcast episode, the person they were interviewing, she was a stylist. And she was saying, now she's very thin. Mm-hmm. And this is no thin hate. She just right. happens to be thin. Right. All right. Um, it's just an adjective, but she was saying something about how, like, and don't quote me on this, but something along the lines of like, I wouldn't, I don't know. Why do you need to wear Spanx every day? Like I wear Spanx to like the thighs. I don't want yeah. them to rub. And also I've got loose skin, you know, right. giving birth. I don't want Kim Kardashian to wears Spanx. It's not a shameful thing. Right. They, they she, accentuate your body. Right. And she says like, if you need to wear Spanx every day, especially to a first date, you might need therapy. <gasps> So all summer, every time I was out with friends and we were all wearing Spanx, I would take photos of us lifting our dresses saying, hashtag therapy Spanx. <laughs> I haven't posted any of these photos, but I will post them now. Post now them. now we have a Spanx story. That's the new word, therapy Spanx. Okay. so Trademark it. Tra- therapy Spanx. Yes. I can't trademark Spanx because that's their own word. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, when you started, um, you like in the champagne blog and in Girl Code and on your podcast, you're constantly talking to women about empowering them and giving them these practical steps to get to where they need to go. Where does that come from? So I think for me, I started, I went through like, I guess you can call it a quarter life crisis, right? I was in my 20s. I was working in a full-time job, hated it. I was in advertising. I was at MTV, so it was a cool job, but it wasn't my passion, okay. right? So I was like chained to a cubicle, like making really good money, hearing everyone tell me like you have this like great deal, like don't leave, like, but I wasn't creative and I loved being creative. I wanted to be a writer from the time that I was a little girl. So I decided that I was going to change my life and make changes. I left a toxic relationship. I started writing more. I just started like completely like changing everything. And I had never read a personal development book. And I read The Secret. Oh. And I was like, oh my gosh, like yeah. I'm actually doing what they say to do in this book. Like I'm yeah. manifesting the life that I want. So I became like obsessed with personal development, started reading. Um, I went to coaching school. I became a certified master life coach. And I just was like – giving people advice. And I'm like, I can turn this into a business. Like I got my shit together. I can help other people get their shit together. So I launched a coaching practice and I built this like whole side hustle for six out of the eight years that I was at MTV. I did that. And then oh, in what? 20, you were doing that on, on the, the side. side. I did not realize that publishing awesome. books, coaching at night on the weekends. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Newly married at the time. So when people tell me they don't have time to like pursue their passion, I'm like, yes, you do just make it. Yes. So like, what would you give what kind of advice would you give to someone who's listening right now that's like, I need to make changes? That is very overwhelming to think about. Mm -hmm. What is the first three steps to start making a change, be it dating, job, friend, location? Yeah, I mean, I think the first step is just to visualize what you want. You know, get that clarity, like crystal clear clarity. Because if you don't know what you want, you can't move towards the goal. And then start small and keep yourself accountable. So pick one thing that you're going to do and that you're going to change. You can't change it, change everything overnight. And then find somebody like a coach or a mentor or a friend or somebody that can check in with you. And you can be like, hey, like I, you know, I stuck to my goal this week. Like just it sounds so like cliche, but just like start small. I love that. Do you find that, um, you know, you mentioned before that you were married. Mm -hmm. You no longer are. You mm -hmm. talked about this yep. on your podcast and on your blog mm -hmm. i want to say congratulations i thank think you. that i don't think divorce is necessarily a bad thing i don't think so at all uh i think it just means it's transition um how did that change come about for you then because that's like another big transition right yeah so i was married for 10 years almost 10 years and we were just great friends towards the end like there was no like romance left and we tried and it just wasn't working. I always say, like, there was nothing wrong. You know, we didn't mm -hmm. fight. Nobody cheated. There you was no drama. excellent roommates. We did. And, like, neither one of us were happy. So I was the one that initiated my divorce. And I think it was the best thing for the both of us because we're still really good friends. But it was definitely a transition. And I have the best timing of all. I asked for my divorce in January of 2020, having no idea that COVID was around the corner. I just knew I was turning 40. And I was like, I can't go on in a marriage that doesn't feel like a relationship anymore. You know, I had to be really right. honest with myself and with him and he agreed. Um, of course, we still had so much love for each other, but it wasn't wasn't what we wanted. Did you did you move out right away or did he you moved out in the pandemic together? No, he moved out two weeks later. OK, so at least you didn't do lockdown together. No, we didn't. But he was really good. He like came and like brought me supplies that he had been like hoarding. Like when the shit really hit the fan, like I didn't know. Like I'm so I was like no in one denial. Knew. Nobody knew. No, but he's really good. He's like a planner. So he like it was really sweet. He like walked over. I think it was like the Williamsburg Bridge, 
with like a little grandma cart and brought me like bleach and like paper towels, like totally hooked me up. Like, yeah. Hand sanitizer? Yeah, all the things. Did he like sew some masks for you too? No, he brought me some masks though. That's cute. <laughs> so, yeah. No, you mentioned Jaren 2020. Yeah. If you had waited three months, do you think you would have divorced or do you think that sort of trauma that we were all collectively going through would have kept you in for another year? I think I would have stayed. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Do you think that, um, do you find in your experience that people will, I find like professionally that people will stay, some people, not all people, will stay in situations that they shouldn't be in for far too long because of like expectations from the people around them. And I think just that, it's just not just like in relationships, even like at work, like mm -hmm. you decided to do a side hustle. Um, I know what that feels like too, as a fellow entrepreneur that like, what are people going to think? How do you tell people like to not think about other people and just focus on your own path? You know, I think I'm like very aware of my mortality, like everyone's mortality. And I know it sounds really morbid to think about that, but I've lost people in my life. I've lost people. I just had a friend who passed away who was 50, Sorry. 51. So like I look at that and I'm like, this is my life. Like I call the shots. So why would I live for somebody else when I know that it could like all be done tomorrow? Like don't I want to like get the most out of every single day? So I've never had that problem where I like hesitated on anything because I've just known like how like quickly your life goes by. So I, I tell people to like think about that. You know, do you want to reach the end of your life and feel like you didn't do the things that you want to do? I, I don't want to feel that way. I don't. I think about when you say that, I think about like all these questions that I get from people who are like, oh, I like them, but I don't know if my parents are going to like them or I don't think their parents like me. Well, you know what? Your parents are going to be dead one day and so are theirs. And I hate to sound like a bitch, but that's just the truth. So what do you want to do? Just like live for somebody else forever? They might you know? not even live near you. Yeah. I mean, listen, it happens. I had a guy break up with me because his stepmother hated me. Uh, my, I am not, it's not a secret. My, my in-laws did not like, my mother-in-law did not like me for years. Yeah. And then one day, I don't know, it's like switch flipped, maybe yeah. the pandemic kind of pushed her along and she was like, okay, I like you now. Yeah. She said, I love you actually. Wow. That's big. She said to me once last summer, she didn't say it this year though. I know she does though, because <laughs> well, like, we still got a few more months. So maybe, maybe you'll get something for, for Christmas. I don't know. You know, I, you know, I think, I think she's just, I think my in-laws are just, they're very different than my parents. They don't. My parents are very like warm and gooey with love. Mm -hmm. Like they have to tell me five times a day. Otherwise they like cannot function. Like this is the oxygen they breathe. Yeah. Like they have to tell me, my sister, I love you. And I think my in-laws, uh, we belong to the same culture. I just think my in-laws are a little bit more like they'll say it, but it's like more closed. Yeah. Like you get it like twice a year. Well, that's the thing too, right? You can't take it personally. Even, no. if, even if they don't like you. It took me seven years though to learn not to take it personally. Really? Yeah, because it used to, I used to always think my mother-in-law or my in-laws didn't like me because they kept calling me a foreigner because I'm not from the same island as them. It's, oh, wow. It's a whole drama. I'm from <laughs> a, a different island. It's stupid. Anyway, and I used to take it really personally. But then I noticed that with my husband's brother-in-law, our brother-in-law, rather, he's from the same neighborhood and they had something to say about him, too. So I was like, oh, they just have very high standards for their kids. And I think me and Nick, we like jump those standards, yeah. but you know, they'll, they got it eventually. Like once we, they saw what kind of parents we are and right. that we're like, and you weren't going anywhere. We're not so. going anywhere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone's, everyone's good here. Then they were like, oh, okay. We, we love you. Okay. Now, yeah. now we love it. It's like, yeah. All right. That's 10 years, dude. Come on. Yeah. Um, well on this episode, it's a hotline episode. So how do you feel about answering some questions from love listeners? It. Love it. Love it. 
Hi, Matchmaker Maria. Thanks for taking my question. Uh, my name is Sharon, and here is my question. What does one do or say uh, after a cup of coffee with a person, and then that person begins like daily texting? good morning and in the first thing in the morning and how was your day at the end of the day and all I wanted was to have a cup of coffee and then a second cup of coffee in a few days but I don't want to set up that expectation of daily texting with this person yet um in my situation, I canceled the second cup of coffee and that was the end of that because I didn't actually know how to handle it or what to say. Well, I think every girl's dream is daily texting. So she actually kind of had a good situation, but I get it. I totally get it. I, Everyone's, I get what she's saying. Communication is different for everybody. Um, I think it can just be one of those things where you hope the person gets the hint if maybe you wait a little bit before responding and you're not always available. But if not, it's, I believe in honesty when it comes to dating people. Like I believe, and I'm assuming this is a date, right? Yeah. I believe in just being upfront and letting people know like, hey, like I'm not really a huge texter. Um, I'd love to talk to you in a couple days and like see you on Saturday maybe for another coffee. See, I would have, you already did the coffee date, right? Mm -hmm. So my advice is now the second date has to be, the second date should always be an activity date. Interesting. Yeah, See, I like dinner need... for the second date. I like a drink first. I know I do it all wrong. <laughs> we'll talk about that. I, I like, like sex or no I'm kidding. Let me tell you why. <laughs> let me tell you why though, okay? Hear me out. The second date, and it doesn't have to be like some, oh, let's go axe throwing. It could just be a walk and some right. gelato. Mm -hmm. But like a second date, you need to like infuse the dopamine in there, right? Because that's what's going to create like the sexual attraction, the sexual mm -hmm. tension, like all that stuff, right? I'm not saying go have sex, by the way. I'm saying your second date should be an activity. Like I have um, one of my clients, he went on this incredible first date on Tuesday and he has a second date coming up this weekend. And I called him on my way to this recording and I was like, hey, where's your second date going to be? And he's like, we're actually going to Orange Theory and then we're going to grab dinner after. And okay. I was like, that is genius. Like they're going, to, I think they're going to like some spinning class or something. Okay. And I'm like, that's, that's genius. Bold. That is bold. But also like, that's kind of hot. Yeah, because you're going to like work up your endorphins and feel like probably kind of horny after the class the way if that were me i would be feeling tingly all over knowing a guy's about to see me in like licra right right yeah speaking of spanks right right totally so it's like this is sexy it is sexy it's foreplay it's foreplay yeah it's total for foreplay. athletic people get, like, sweaty. foreplay for athletic people right. i just so. want to get taken out to dinner <laughs> but you know what dinner after the i get it after. totally yeah, yeah, yeah. totally go for your walk i'm just saying go for your walk to dinner like don't meet for dinner right? i agree with the walking thing yeah i've had guys take me on like like walking days and like we stop and have a drink like it's it's nice yeah because you can talk and you're not in a, like a loud bar you're not drunk yet where people just Get everybody looks attractive totally yeah right? so she went on a coffee date first and then just to like kind of read her what she said so she went on a coffee date first and then they had set up another coffee date which we've already talked about we're not gonna do that again mm-hmm but then she talked about how he's messaging hello, good at good night. Like I, I know what that feeling. Like even if you don't like texting, if you're not expecting that sort of communication, it's kind of like, I, for whatever reason, I have this visual. And it's probably not an accurate visual, but like you know when you go when someone goes fishing. I don't go fishing, but when someone goes fishing and there's like the bait just kind of bobbing, and I'm just thinking about like 
what does this man want from her that he keeps texting her hello hello hi good well, night i think he's doing and like listen i will say in defense of the guy a lot of girls yeah. complain because they feel like men don't communicate enough right and women right. like to hear a good morning or good night yeah. not right away necessarily but maybe somebody told him to do that so yeah. maybe he feels like he's doing the right thing and he's actually turning her off um i don't need that the next day for sure but i think after like the second date I think like daily communication, something, send me a funny meme. I also look, like, I 100% agree with you. I yeah. think she should have just nipped it in the butt. Just be like, listen, I'm not really a good texter. Yeah. But I can't wait for a coffee date in exactly. three days. And then it's like, oh, you set your boundaries. Totally. Communication is everything. I'm like, I've gotten to a point now with dating where I just say, I say it like it is. Like, I don't play the games. I don't, like, if I want something, I ask for it. If I don't like something, I tell him, no, I don't like this. So tell and me like right now when you're dating, right? Mm -hmm. How do you establish boundaries? Or like what you want from them. What do you say? I don't really say what I want because I don't always know what I want. Okay. So I'll be honest about that's that. That's fair. Yeah. Like I'm not looking to get married again. I am not trying to like well, that's have a baby. Well, that's that you want then. Yeah. Like yeah. so – but I mean I would. Like I'm open to it. I think okay. if I fell in love and somebody really wanted that and it was important to them, I'd be open. Mm -hmm. But I'm not husband hunting. And there's a big difference between women who are not husband hunting and women who are dating but not necessarily just casually dating. Like I right. want a relationship. Right. But I also think it's a little bit much when women say that on the first date. I think it scares men because I've had guys say it to me oh, and it scares me. What? Like, they say that to you? On that they're looking for something serious or if they want to get married. And how I'm do you, like, how do you I can't, see, like, I don't, that's so like inappropriate on a first date. Totally. Like, I have, I, I'm a matchmaker, right? I set up clients. Like, clearly, this person would like to, they would never have paid my fees if they're not thinking about getting married sometime in the next 18 to 24 months. Right. But my client would never say on a date, I'm here to find a wife. Right. Like that's the given. That's dating. Like well, maybe that turns into that, right? Like societal norms, right? Yeah. But it's not necessary because you're kind of giving – it's kind of like when women tell me um, I swipe right on guys who say, you know, they don't know or or, or I'll get women who say um, – like they'll ask me on Wednesdays, you know, on his online dating profile, it says he's looking for a long-term relationship. But then when we went on a date, after a few dates, he said, I don't think this is it. He's lying on his profile. I'm like, he's not lying. He went on a date with you. Yeah. He might not feel it. Yeah. That's dating. Yeah. Dating is <laughs> – I have said this to people because I, I never dated. Like I had two long-term relationships back really? to back. So I had a seven-year relationship. I had like a year off where I dated somebody for like seven months out of that year. And then I met my ex-husband and I was with him for 11 years. So I started dating at 40, which is so wild. Um. But dating is a lot of rejection. So you really need to have a thick skin and learn how to not take everything so personally. Because I don't think – if you're not confident, like, you, it could completely shut you down and make you never want to leave the house again. You know, like, sleeping with someone and then they text you that they didn't feel a romantic vibe. Like, what are you supposed to think about yourself after something like that? Like, I've heard it all. You know, yeah. my friends have heard it all. We share stories. So you kind of just have to go into it with, like, a take everything with a grain of salt. And if something works, it works. But – you can't get so serious and locked into every single, like, piece of feedback that you get from a guy. Yes. That should be put on a shirt. Yeah. Kara, open yeah. up that merch store. Merch. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get our next question. Hi, Maria. My name is Victoria, and I'm 36 years old. Here's my question for you. I'm dating this guy almost six months, and we get along great, except for when we're on the phone late at night and something happens, we're talking about it, and then it goes haywire. It's nitpicking, it's going back and forth, and I'm just really not sure, are we being too 
picky. He doesn't think it's an issue. He, I don't like being talked to a specific way and we'll talk about it. And then it happens again. And I'm trying to figure out how do we break this cycle? Thanks so much. It's a tough one. I mean, I want to know what his parents are like. Right. Right. Because we replicate what we see growing up. Like I saw this over the summer. Um, I saw, I, I saw, I met this couple and like they were bickering. Well, one of them was bickering. Yeah. And then like, I, I just happened to ask him about his parents and they're like, oh yeah, my parents bicker all day. And I'm like, how does that make you feel, dude? Like you realize you're doing that to your girlfriend like, in front of yeah. us. Like, you know, yeah. and he's like, oh, I never thought of that. And I was like, okay. And I feel like that, like he doesn't, this person that called and thank you for the call. It's like my immediate reaction is like, first of all, half of these nitpicks, it's almost always projection. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, what are you what are you replicating? Yeah. And I also feel like you can't change somebody's personality. So if you're seeing this early on, like it's probably not a match. I would just move on. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. No, I dated a guy once. Um, 2021 it was like a year after my divorce and he was so negative and he was a nice guy but he was always negative like everything was a complaint like he was just that's like the complete opposite of me so I just knew like I knew in my gut I saw the red flag he was like a chain smoker he was always stressed out about everything and we wound up breaking up but I I wasted seven months with this guy knowing that he was not going to change I could not magically influence him to be like a super happy positive person and I wish I would have just left earlier because a waste of time but yeah and i think we also have to separate like a, someone's dating personality can be a lot of fun mm-hmm. and someone's sex can be really great but there's also that lounging around personality that you also have to get along with because that's the personality you're going to live with yeah the majority of the time especially when you're older in your 30s and 40s like that guy's not changing that woman's yeah. not changing like you are for the most part who you are i mean you can go to therapy you can you can alter your behavior a little bit, but I think if fundamentally he's that like that and he's doing that every night, I would I would run. That's too much. That's too, too much. much. Yeah. No, I oh yeah. Let's go to our let's well before we go to our last question, I heard you have a new book coming out. Can you tell me more about it? Yeah. So I have um, written exclusively personal development, specifically for women entrepreneurs. That's always been like my thing, my genre, mindset books. And I knew that I wanted to do a dating book just because Ah! my experience has just been so wild and out of control. (laughs) Um, And I always have these funny stories. And I thought, I want to put this into a book, but I don't want to give advice because I just, I don't think I'm qualified to give dating advice. I'm still figuring it all out. Well, now you could put, you've been on the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. True. I've given, I've answered some really good dating advice today. I mean, listen, I I believe in giving advice to women and being more confident, asking for what you want, boundaries, all that. But I also have all of these like, hilariously funny stories yeah. and also a lot of stories that have helped me like like realize myself and who I am and like I think dating is the like the best way to get to know who you are because you're right. just up against so many different personalities you start to figure out what you want what you don't want so I decided to write a book it's a collection of essays and it's funny it's called don't do anything I would do instead of don't do anything I wouldn't do I love that <laughs> so yeah it's kind of like the anti-advice when does book. it come out uh hopefully by the end of the year Oh my god, I can't wait Still to read it. Still working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's But all great. the good stuff is on the blog. So if anybody wants to check it out, they can just go to the blog. And the blog's link is in the show notes. So if you want to check out Kara's blog, The Champagne Diet, which I love. Thanks. Uh, go to the show notes and check it out. All right, let's go to our last question. 
Hi, Matchmaker Maria. It's Joanne, and I'm from Toronto, Canada, and am 31 years old. Here's my question for you. Um, a friend and I, who have been friends for 13 years and have previously had romantic entanglements, um, but have never really been after that single at the same time, and there's always sort of been this will there, won't there be a relationship sort of thing. We've just never been single at the same time. Now we are single at the same time and we've set a date, which is really exciting. Um, I'm wondering what your suggestion would be for a really fun date in the city to go on that will sort of ease the transition, the potential transition from being friends to being potentially more than friends. Um, I can already, I'm just anticipating a little bit of awkwardness because of the fact that we've both sort of expressed these feelings and how do we, how do we sort of handle that in a way that's respectful, but also gets, cuts through the awkwardness. I'm, when she says entanglements, like, do you under, do you think <laughs> I like, love that word. they've been flirting or do you think they've like fucked? I think, no, she, cause she said it's been awkward. So it wouldn't be awkward if you fuck somebody. Right. Like, I want to be like, go get a hotel room for the weekend, get like a bottle of wine, <laughs> like okay. just have fun, like I, let it out. <laughs> I hope that happens for her. But let me tell you, I have a negative, ter- I have a terrifying story Okay, where I used to flirt with this guy back in college, mm-hmm. but whenever I was single, he was in a relationship. Whenever he was single, I was in a relationship. So it was just like, mm, yeah, not really happening. Right. And then, um, you know, I'm. I moved to New York, blah, blah, blah. We're both finally single. And this person lived in Europe. I think he lived in Ireland. And he was like, oh, I'm here for a conference. Do you want to meet up? And I was like, yes. And by the way, I am single. And he's like, oh, then let's just meet at this hotel. Like the hotel you were staying. And I was like, (laughs) on my way. Like I was so excited. Yeah. And yes, you should totally, I would totally do that. I'd like, You've done, I mean, you've the done tension the, has been yeah. building for 13 like, years. Like, you know you like each other. Wear the sexy lingerie. Put, right. on the, put on the trench coat. No Spanx. Huh? No Spanx. No Spanx. I mean, you could. You know what? I, as someone who's obsessed with the show Broad City, Alana Glazer wore Spanx in one of those episodes, and she was like, oh, this is so sexy. And you know what? Like, <laughs> Spanx is sexy. Okay, therapy Spanx. Bring it back. Hashtag Sex therapy Spanx. Spanx. Anyway, so I'm saying, like, wear the cute lingerie that you feel sexy in, wear the trench coat, show up at the hotel, and just bang it out. Now, I did that with this person, but we never banged. Oh, no. He couldn't get it up. No, he was fine. It's just I think he thought because I'm like a pretty assertive personality that I'd be like really assertive in bed. Yeah. And I was like, um, like, I'm not going to do what you think I'm going to do here. You know, like it was just like we were. You weren't sexually compatible. Not at all. Okay. It happens. Not at all. That happens. So find out now. So we just, you know. Yeah. We just masturbated each other and that was that. <laughs> I love your terminology. <laughs> what? I love your terminology. I mean, that's what we did. And it was like, it was just like five years of tension. I was just yeah. like, are you kidding me? Like for five years? Like Sometimes it's just not a match. I mean, it's really tough, as you know, as a matchmaker to find somebody that you actually like, that you can stand, that you're attracted to, that you can have good sex with. It's like a lot, a lot of things. I think about this story. So someone asked me on my Ask a Matchmaker Wednesdays, like, um, they happen to be Greek Orthodox, which is the religion that I practice, mm-hmm. and that they're like abstaining until marriage. And no judgment, like by all means, please, if you if that's something you want to do, do it. Although virginity is a social construct. Um, but anyway, and I was like, wow, I didn't know we did that in my religion. That's not something that has ever really been preached. Uh, but okay. And then also like, um, what? Like my immediate thought was like, what happens if it's the Irish guy in the Hilton Hotel? Right. You know, like. <laughs> 
but like, not a Hilton. Like a Hilton? That's where, well, that's that's where he put. That's where they put him. He was at a conference. Oh, okay, you know, come on. <laughs> this is 2010. <laughs> Fine. We didn't. We don't. We'll on. give him a pass. We give him a pass. Um. Girl, we were in our early 20s. Like, it's well, fine. It's fine. fine. I, I, okay. It's true. I forget you're married and the whole thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so he – so we – so I always think about like, oh, my God, what if you fall in love and what if you like wait that long? You wait two years or whatever. You wait a year. You wait six months and it's like, yeah. oh, it's not even that you're sexually compatible. It's that you don't even have the vocabulary to communicate to become – like I think if I really loved this guy – and we were dating, I, we would have figured it out. I think it's just been so long, five years. And like, oh, you don't even live in this country. Like this is nothing is going to happen from this. We're just yeah. getting some sexual tension out. But like, I just think about it. It's like, but can I, you just figure it out? That's a good I question. Think you can. I look, I think, I think great sex the first time is insanely rare. It is rare. But I think by the second or third time, you know, I think, if he can get you off and you can give him six, I feel like you have to give him six weeks. Really? Yeah. Huh. Like it ha- you have to be coming in those periods. Right. Right. Like. But can you if you're not into it? See, that's like a whole no, other thing. No, if you're not into it. No, no, no. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm not using the right language. If you're both into making it work, I yeah. would give it six weeks to like figure out right. your emotions. Right. But if you're not into it, then you're not into it. That's, that's the thing. Like, I think that's what I've noticed. Like, with some people, it's like they could be the greatest person, but there's just – I think that specific it. person, it didn't work out because I think our pheromones were off, too. I was just yeah, like – Yeah, that's a thing. Like, I've never – I've never smelled you this close. Yeah. This is not going to work That's for why me. online dating doesn't work for me. Because you need to hear the fer- – you need I, to feel I need to feel your energy, like, in person. Like, I want so, – like, yeah. Tell I, me, tell me what you do to meet new men. I go out um, with friends. Like everyone that I have met recently has just been through a friend. Okay. So somebody will say, hey, come to this bar, come to this whatever. Like I met somebody like came to my birthday party that a friend brought. Like so you just have to be open and just. But what do you do about people that are like distracted with their cell phones? When they're out? Yeah. I mean. Like do you approach guys at the bar? No. I mean, listen, if my group of my girlfriends are out, like we all start talking to a group of guys. Yeah. For sure. But it's normally just like groups of friends that like know somebody. It's like that's a friend how, of a friend. This is my favorite. That's how I met my husband. Yeah, it's this the is best my way. Favorite way to meet. It's someone. the best way. Yeah, because, because they've you been have your values vetted. aligned immediately. Right. Like, it's like been, oh, we belong to this little group. Like exactly. You know that you have something in common. Like maybe you met through like a mutual friend who goes to like see a band play, or there's like something there that's like connecting you to them. Yeah, and that, Some, that's they're vouched for. Yeah, I hope those have been the most successful relationships yeah. that I've had, or at least the coolest people that I've met. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. The online thing is, ugh. Well, Kara, where can people find you? So I am on Instagram. I'm at The Champagne Diet. I know. Oh, my God, it's so much fun. So easy you. to find me. Like, I'm everywhere. Um, My podcast is called Style Your Mind, and the blog, which you link in the show notes, is the best way to keep up. I will include a link to your, your podcast, too, because your podcast is so interesting to me. I like living, I love listening to it as a woman entrepreneur because it's really empowering. Thank you. And you also get, like, really vulnerable, like yeah. when you talk about your divorce and like you just talk about all these things. I'm just like, wow, this is like really – I feel like it's a little bit different than what my usual listening to. Yeah. Um, I so do a I lot like of solo lot. pods. Yeah, you do. That's what I'm saying. Like you yeah. do a lot more solo, which I don't – I don't think I listen I, – maybe Dan Savage. Like I don't – there's not a lot of solo pods out there. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Well, Kara, thanks for coming to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. And, of course, if you want to follow Kara, look at the show notes, her blog, her upcoming book – 
And of course, if you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe. Be lovable, but more importantly, be likable. See you next week. Bye.